Hello and welcome to Blood Red, your Liverpool podcast. We're back on the regular beat and we've got some exciting, well, exciting things to talk about. I'm Neil Jones, I'm going to host for you in Ian Doyle's absence and I'm delighted to say we're joined by, drum roll please, <laughs> our full-time <laughs> Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce. He's uh, he's far more tanned than when we last had him on the Blood Red podcast, and he's uh, he's even more enthusiastic. James, welcome back. Just great to be here. Yeah, absolutely great to have you here as well. I oh, thought that was the exciting note news we had to talk well, about. Well, was it? Was it? Yeah. That was it. Well, people that, camped outside Old Hall Street on Monday, trying to like yeah. snap him through the through the uh, all, mirror. All I've had in the last month is announced Pierce. Announced <laughs> Pierce. People saying that. Um, you might have heard the familiar voice of Christian Walsh there as well. He's also here, and Andy Kelly, the dulcet tones as well. So we've got a, a, a good contingent today. None of those uh, those stand-ins that have been uh, been been part of it the last recent weeks. Sorry, Joe Rimmer. <laughs> but uh, we're here to talk about transfers. Here to talk about one man in particular, really, Mo Salah. Um, we've got it on good authority that he's uh, he's been having his medical ahead of his move to Liverpool today, James, and that one's pretty much done and dusted, we hope. It is, yeah, yeah. I think um, just a formality now in terms of uh, the announcement, but, you know, Salah is effectively a Liverpool player and, you know, it's the first big one that they've got over the line this summer. Obviously, you know, while I was away, the Dominic Solanke deal got through, uh, went through in terms of that fee. Obviously, you get agreed by a tribunal, but this, you know, in terms of big signings, big statements... From the club in terms of meaning business this summer, this is this is a big one I think, and um, you know certainly Klopp uh, and towards the back end of last season spoke about Liverpool not being the same team without Mane and and needing you know another option in that department, and you know I can understand why he's gone for for Salah. I think once it became clear that Julian Brandt at Leverkusen was was no longer a kind of a real viable option, you know um, that, that's when the the interest in Salah really hardened and you know I think the really satisfying thing is when you look at you know too often probably in recent years Liverpool have taken a punt on someone rather than I think with Salah and you know you look at what he's achieved in the last couple of seasons I think with him they're they're buying proven quality. Yeah. You you mentioned that he's effectively a Liverpool player. I mean, what could possibly go wrong with Mohamed Salah being effectively a Liverpool player? That's it's, 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 we've been there before. Is there anything that can go wrong at this point? I mean, the, the medical, the medical, I suppose, would be the only thing now that could that could possibly stop it. And there's no suggestion that that's going to be the case. No, no. I think um, you know, obviously, it's been a long, drawn-out, protracted episode. But no, everything, everything is in place, and there's no reason to believe there'd be any issues. Yeah, and a club record signing. I think that that would be the interesting thing because it's, you, obviously, as quite often happens in these cases, you get the buying club and the selling club coming out with uh, quite drastically different figures. I mean, Liverpool. Are adamant that um, that it's it's 39 million euros, including the add-ons, um, 35 million up front, four million to follow, which I think translates as like a 34.4 million pound deal. Which, if that's right, then Salah doesn't yeah. become the club record signing. Whilst at the Italian end, they've always been adamant that it's actually I think the best part of 45 million euros, the deal, just just around 39 million pounds, which obviously would shatter the club record. So um, you know we are expecting Roma to actually publish the you know the full kind yeah. of breakdown of the deal. They tend to, don't they? Yeah, on their website. So um, that will probably be the time when we know for for definite. But you know from Liverpool's point of view, they're adamant this is a you know a thirty four million pound deal. I yeah. thought the whole point of 
fine. Mohammed Salah was just so Andy Carroll isn't the record signer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, hey, some hey, people Dexter who believe, million. some people say Sadio Mane is, is already the uh, the record signing because, okay, it's it's listed at, at 30 million by Liverpool, isn't it? But at the Southampton end of things, it was always quoted as 36 million. Yeah. Uh, presumably, again, it can reach 36 million. Yeah, I think they've got, got to win the boat race in the next two years. Yeah. yeah. But if they, I mean, you wouldn't have thought that Mane has probably struggled to hit any of those. If they were personal uh, things he had to reach rather than club, say, winning stuff, then you'd have thought Mane's well on the way to moving up from 30, more closer to 36. But uh, it is all a little bit, uh, you know, uh, mirrors and everything else about what a real fee is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Christian James touched on there the, the move from Brandt to Salah. Now, me and James done a podcast on Anfield Extra earlier this week with John Northcroft, and we discussed this a little bit. But doesn't that seem like the opposite to what Liverpool have been doing in recent seasons, where they've they've ended up with someone like Brandt because they couldn't get someone like Salah, and then this this seems a, a, a change in uh, intact. When when you were talking, then it does feel like some jump between mm. Brandt and, and Salah in terms of. Yeah, Brandt is the, 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 the sort of player Liverpool used to target, or certainly FSG in, in, their, in their early days in, in terms of progressive profile, a lot of potential, possibly buy, buy low because of his contract situation and then not necessarily sell high, but his value will certainly increase over the next two, three years at Anfield. And to go from that sort of player to, to then saying, what we're going to get now is an established, one of Europe's top wingers, essentially, Probably one of the top three wingers Liverpool could actually realistically buy, I think, in terms of you can write off the likes of Real players, Bayern players, Barcelona yeah. players. In terms of available players, I think Salah is up there in the top three. So to, to make that jump is a really interesting one. It'll be interesting to see if, if say, with the left-back position, you know, we saw Sessegnon, there was interest there. Similar yeah. sorts of profile, not... not I mean, Brandt has got far more in the locker in terms of experience than Sessegnon. Obviously, he's a full Germany international now, but I just wonder if maybe, you know, we see a change in, in tack there and it, it, it's not a younger up-and-coming left-back who they go for, but a more established one. But going back to, to Salah, it, it, it's interesting that this does seem to herald, not necessarily a new dawn for Liverpool, but certainly a change in mindset where we're going to get he's 24, 25 that's not old by any means but he's entering his prime he's got European experience he was one of the best players in terms of output and numbers in Serie A it's just that it's, it just feels like and certainly from what you all what you read from people who know all this sort of stuff in terms of statistics as well it just seems like a top deal for, for a top player who isn't coming for the for the future it's coming yeah. for the here and now and also the one of the things to take in a player from a Champions League club as well, which is not necessarily always been the case. You think of the Southampton deals, Newcastle last summer with with Wijnaldum, you know, Carrius coming from Mines. This is a player who is playing for the second best team, second best team, third best team in the second, Serie A. second, second yeah. best team in Serie A, a team that ran Juventus close enough for the title. Will be in the Champions League group stages next season. And, and Liverpool have said, well, yeah, we'll have him. Yeah, we'll have him. And as Christian says, he, he turned 25 last week. You know, this is a player who should be absolutely hitting his prime. Um, I think he looks a little bit older than, than 25. And I think that's maybe beard. sort of... That's a beard, it, it, is, it is the beard. He needs to, you know, get rid of that and he's got a couple of years off him. But, you know, he looks, <laughs> he, he, he's a player in his prime. Christian mentions the numbers, which are great. And there doesn't seem to be... They've paid, you know, a hefty enough fee for him. But they've got the deal over the line and they had to get the deal over the line given 
the start to the summer with 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 the Van Dyke situation, and um, you know I wasn't one of those who felt they sh- they had to just go and pay whatever Roma wanted um, for a player. You can't you can't do that as a as a ultimately Liverpool are a football club and everyone who's listened to this podcast views them as a football club and part of their lives and everything else. But at the bottom end, they are also a business, and to operate as a football club, you have to be a business, and you don't get anywhere as a business by just wandering up to someone and saying, "What's your price?" Now, maybe, <laughs> maybe Manchester City were able to do that maybe for a couple of years at the start of the Sheikh Mansour years to try and establish themselves. But as a football club, Liverpool, to me, have done. It would appear, uh, and any transfer can go wrong. Um, there would have been a time in the last, you know. In, in the last few years where signing Mohamed Salah wouldn't have seemed like incredible, exciting business. The two years that Salah's put under his belt at Roma make it so. And he's a player who's changed my opinion often when I've just seen him playing. Like we've all seen him play in, in Europe uh, and when you watch some of the Italian games. And he, he, you know, I think there's more to come from him. I've always thought... He misses t- um, quite a few chances for all that he got 19 goals this season. Christian. Yeah, well, yeah. For all he got 19, which is good for a winger, uh, he did play some games as a sort of number 10 as well, which I mentioned in a piece yesterday. And um, I think there's more to come from him. Uh, you know, I've seen him miss uh, some good chances, and I think when his finishing actually can actually improve, you're in a situation where he could be into the you know you could get the into the, into the 20 season. goal seasons, which would be fantastic. This is where. The Klopp factor becomes exciting because Klopp's obviously got all this reputation in terms of taking players. You think of Hummels and Goethe and taking these young players and transforming them. But he did that with Mane and Mine Albums to a certain extent. So let's see what happens when he gets a, he's not world class, but when he gets a top class player already at his disposal here, he's going to arrive as, as somebody who's going to, who hopefully will hit the ground running. Let's see what Klopp can do with him because he could turn him into an absolute phenomenon. Yeah, yeah and the one one word we haven't mentioned, Jones, he pace. Yeah, you know, it's that's what he. It, when we were looking at Liverpool last season, when you had Coutinho there on the left, and Milner was as that side, everybody knew you weren't really going to attack them yeah. or down the outside where you with that combination. Coutinho wants to come inside, and we knew James Milner was all right foot and wanted to come in on his right foot as well. You've now got a situation where potentially you're probably going to. Talk about where they're going to put um, Salah with, with with potentially him playing on the right and Mane moving across to the left. But it, it, in that scenario, you've got pace gone down the, down the outside on both sides, and that's that's a game changer for everybody yeah. else. Yeah, well, well, you've segued lovely into it. To be fair, <laughs> um, where where then where do you say? Because the one thing that I think is not been mentioned about Salah is the sign of a left-footed player, which Liverpool played for a long period of last season without one in the side. It completely in the side. They didn't have a left-footed left back. They didn't have a left-footed left winger. They didn't have a left-footed centre forward. If Daniel Sturridge didn't play, it, it it will give a bit more balance to the uh, the options. It will, yeah. And I think uh, I, I think he probably will be on the right hand side. You know, I know I know he's he has played in a couple of a couple of other positions. He's played centrally as well at times in his career. But the um, it's, it's interesting thing, Andy. You wrote a piece yesterday, didn't you? Talking about you know, how much football Mane had, had played actually on the left and. The um, so I you know that that would seem the most obvious switch, um, and it's exciting to think what you know having him down one flank and Marnie down the other, and you'd imagine Firmino would complete that kind of first choice front three next season because you know there's there's no doubt that Liverpool just weren't the same team without Marnie 
last season. You know, there was a big chunk of the season where they were far too predictable going forward, and especially against teams who do just come and park the bus, and you need that little spark and ingenuity in the in the final third to make something happen. You know, there was a lot of pressure on Mane's shoulders to be that man when when he was in the team, and they had no one to do it when he wasn't in there. So to, to think that they've now got two players of that kind of ilk and calibre um, is really, really exciting. Yeah, I mean, we talk about options and squad depth, but it also, that brings with it its own problem. And that brings with it the idea that now I look and I think, if that's a front three, Mane, Salah, Firmino, if I'm Adam Lallana, I'm thinking, where am I playing? If I'm Genie Wijnaldum, I'm thinking, where am I playing? If I'm Emre Chan, I'm thinking that. Liverpool, that midfield looks unbelievably congested at the moment, if you consider Liverpool are going to try another one. It does, Jonesy, but, I mean, if you look at it, if Coutinho were expecting to move back, aren't we? So, yeah. you know, he'll play in that eight role that Klopp outlined for him at the end of the season. So that, that, that takes potentially yeah. one of your which, three... Which means, three which be, I think that means completely that Adam Lallana doesn't play. When Coutinho plays in that eight row, I don't, I don't see where he can possibly play. You would in, think in you team. need two more yeah. physical players in, in alongside him. So, but essentially, for for those two roles, potentially you've got um, Henderson, Emre Chan, Adam Lalana, and Ginny Wanaldum, and potentially, and no doubt we'll get on to talk about him, um, the new arrival, whether that be Naby Keita or whoever. So, but I've got no problem with that. That that's exactly what that's exactly what we were moaning about last season. That we've got no one when um, everything happens in football. Injuries, form. I mean, there, there are times when you looked at Divock Origi's. He's he's a prime player to pick out because sometimes you see his name on the team sheet and you go, Oh, Origi, fancy him today or whatever. And when he's in one of those runs because he's a street player, and you look at Origi on there and you just you almost disregard yeah. him as being a wasted place in the eleven. And so you've got form. So. Players come in and out of form. You need options. You need the ability to cope. We've also got, I think it was 49 games we played last season, something like that. 47. 47, sorry. So um, this season we could be looking at trying to get much more than that, potentially up to, we played 63 the season before. So we want to be playing those games. We want to get through this playoff, be in the Champions League, and even if not, you're going to end up in the Europa. It's not where we want to be, but you're going to be playing games. And your squad depth is is what can come in. And that can keep players fresh. It gives you options. You can change games at half-time. All those sorts of things. And, I, you know, the, the, the best teams are able to do it. Zidane's done it brilliantly at Real Madrid, hasn't he? He's, got, he's had so many yeah. top players sat on a bench and he's managed to keep them all happy. And the way you do... No, not not well, really. Well, he's kept a lot of them happy. He's, he kept, he's kept 11 of them happy. I mean, you think of James and Nisko and people like that who are going to leave. This. That, that's, that's the question. You, you but he, keep but there hasn't fresh. been a huge sort of... They haven't been doing masses sort of, you know, it's, well... I, I'm not a daily reader of the Spanish press, but from from what I've <laughs> seen, you haven't seen anyone disrupting Real Madrid no, by no. being a, a bad influence outside but, by not being. But that in the is a, that is a big risk when you've got you've got players who are on a hundred thousand pound a week or who've got new contracts under Dejan Lovren being another one who's got a new contract and presumably expects to play a certain amount of games. I I don't think I think there's a lot of players potentially there. Coutinho being another one who I think. Could be asking questions. I think Adam Alana was, you know, that's the name that sort of I think stands out for everybody here in terms of well, okay, so if let's say Keita comes and Coutinho rushes back, say where does Lallana actually Jordan fit Henderson. in? Henderson as well. 
I think that both Henderson and Lallana would have a fair, fair reason to say, hold on, why have I lost my place? Well, especially especially Lallana, when you think about it, how important he was to Liverpool, both pre and post injury. I mean, he transformed Liverpool at times last season, and it was noticeable when he didn't play. He brings so much to Liverpool, and he's one of the first names on the team sheet for me uh, last season. To to possibly give him a reduced role now. He's just signed a new contract worth hundred 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 a week. Three year contract was it? I'm sure he'll understand that. Okay, I'm not gonna not gonna be playing. You, you know, you'd have no problem leaving him on the bench at home to Swansea, for example, or against Newcastle away, perhaps. But there are going to be times this season where Lallana and he's not the only one will sort of go well you know I helped them get into the Champions League so but, why but have that's I been this is motivation that's where Klopp's that's, management that's Klopp's comes in because he has to he has to try and make them all feel important he? and I think he is very good at that you only have to look at last season where you don't don't really have anyone did you kicking up a fuss so, you know usually when players are out of the team and yeah. You know, they're moaning and groaning, and you know when they go back on international duty and speak to their home press. That but he didn't have anyone he, who could feel hard done to really last season. Stood at your side, did he? Yeah. He didn't have anyone you thought. Well, look, but look at the one, the one situation where he was. We a lot of us felt was unfair was that he, he said it was a fair fight between Mignolet and Carrius. It clearly wasn't. He'd made up his mind it was Carrius because Mignolet had been better than Carrius, and he, he made Carrius the number one. He came in, he struggled a bit, and Mignolet, who'd been in my view, unfairly treated, came back in and was a better goalkeeper than we, I think, we'd ever seen him be at Liverpool in terms of, you know, solidity. And we didn't, we didn't really see a rick from him, Holocide. particularly hollow side uh, when it, when he came back into the into side. And he made some good saves. Not saying he's a, the best keeper in the Premier League. We know he isn't. Everything else, but I think he was a very good eight out of ten goalkeeper for the rest of the season. So, so that's that's a prime example of a, a player being motivated by competition and that's what Liverpool squad needs yeah. this season to kick on. Yeah, it needs to get out of the mindset as well that you only need like 12 or 13 decent players. Well, because, last season and which is, Yeah, and you know, but you remember, you know, we all remember games last season when you looked at the bench and were like, well, if the first 11 doesn't do it, then you know, we've got yeah, no well, chance I'm of winning I'm thinking from the game. player's perspective though because I, but, but then I a lot of them players are in prime age years and which are a key one. But then any that, top club, if you want to, if you... If you were you know, aspire to be at that top level and actually competing in the Champions League properly rather than just being in it, then you've got to have 17, 18 players of that kind. And, and those players will have to accept that you're not going to be able to play 55, 60 games next season. Like we, we spoke about it on the pod last season, like United, where Marie, even when Mourinho yeah. was moaning about being down to the bare bones and yeah, to play making Anthony Martial. Yeah, and like, yeah. you know, he's bringing in. You know, Mick, going, oh, I'm going to have to give Mkhitaryan a game. And, and, <laughs> just and like, when, you know, he made eight changes and they were all established internationals. Yeah, and when, I can't remember who it was, it was either Sky or BT Sport, put up a graphic showing how many games Manchester United players had played last season. Uh, because everyone was sort of thinking they'd had, they had a long season, obviously, with the Europa League. And actually, none of them had had a particularly yeah. terribly... All of them had played in that sort of 30 to 40 game range, which is entirely, yeah. um, you, you know within the remits of a professional manageable yeah. within a, for a professional footballer and that's what that's where Liverpool need need to be for me in a situation where your top players are playing um, maybe 30 to 40 games a season um, and then but the equally uh, good players are coming in and, and and making those rotations and keeping everybody fresh determined absolutely you know, knowing that if you underperform, there's someone who's really good who's going to come in and take your place. And um, I think, in terms of the position they've attracted in putting Salah in there, 
it has a knock-on effect for so many different players, doesn't it? You've got your player of the year, Mane. Oh, as you were saying, Jonesy, from a player's perspective, he's, he's presumably going to be asked to switch sides. Yeah. But Or left out. Or, or left out. Um, but, you know, he did play... Um, his last season at Red Bull Salzburg, he played 50 times from the left-hand side and not, not once from the right. So, uh, Could we consider Mane as a forward? Is there an yeah. option to put Mane up He's played sec- He played, I think, 10 games as a secondary striker, sort of number 10 for Southampton yeah. in, his last, yeah, in, his, in his last season there. So he's done it. Salah has also done that. He's played second striker a little bit at Roma. He also played, um, I think, four games as centre-forward, would you believe, and got two goals. And two assists when I was looking through the stats yesterday. He's so, homework, uh, yeah, well, you know, these. <laughs> we these, don't read Spanish papers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I waste all sorry, my time with I was, uh, I was just trolling through his record. So, um, what I'm saying is, we've got a very versatile player, yeah. but the one place where he doesn't w- seem to have played in two seasons at Roma, he played one game from right wing. So, um, yeah, from left, left, left wing, wing sorry. Yeah. Uh, I'm just confusing people. Uh, from left it's side. Not, so. It's not the dumb thing, is it? Playing no. on your. Uh, it's inverted wingers now, isn't it? You're playing yeah. on the other side because the full backs don't, don't mind you going up the line and whipping in hopeful crosses. They, want you, they don't want you coming inside onto your strong foot and, and connecting to you. Exactly. The and there isn't so much where you want to hit the byline, hit a big striker, yeah. especially the way Liverpool play. You do want to get in behind and be pulling those balls back yeah. to people advancing to the edge of the box. So. That versatility is an interesting one, isn't it? Because you think of. So Salah's there now, Mane, Firmino can play. I mean, I don't think he was great there, but he can play wide if needs yeah. be. Coutinho's a, a left or a, a 10 or an 8 now. Lalana, if needs be, played yeah. very well on the right Wijnaldum against City. Wijnaldum, Chan can either be the 6 or the 8. I mean, Henderson seems to be, you know, as the number 6 now. I don't, I don't think we'll see him as a number 8 unless there was some real re- redefinition of his uh, thing again. James Milner? You know, James Milner's a, a midfielder who's been playing left back. Mm-hmm. So but Trent Alexander Arnold can play full back and play midfield. I mean, Mignolet could maybe play striker. Who knows? Shamal George, Well, exactly. So the, we know Klopp is a manager who likes to plan on a game by game basis. We know he really enjoys this. You know, despite the 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 idea that he's this sort of crazy guy who who just throws caution to the wind. He knows his tactics. He's not he's not soft in that respect. And I think that's shown in the squad that he's building now is that there's players all across the pitch you can play three or four different positions. So, so talking about the squad that he's building then, so Salah gets done, what what comes next? What has to come next, do you think, James, in terms of... I think the biggest where, where pr- priority would be a centre-back. Yeah. You know, obviously, and I think probably... You know, obviously, if Liverpool had the chance to do things differently, that would have already <laughs> been, been, in the, been in the bag. But yeah, that, I mean, that's. I think it was it was telling the fact that obviously, you know, they, they they put a lot of groundwork into that. You know, very soon after the end of the season, um, before it all kind of blew up. Um, but yeah, that's that's a key, that's a key one. I think you know the fact that they were they were willing to. To, to pay what it was going to take to get Van Dijk out of there as well just shows how much importance Klopp attaches to strengthening that department because you know I think Lovren and Matip actually thought did pretty well as a partnership when they did play last season the problem was they weren't to, both of them fitness wise yeah. didn't play enough football together and, and also the, the drop off I think when one of them's out to Clavan yeah. as, as, as useful as Clavan yeah, yeah, yeah. was in certain situations it's a big drop isn't yeah, it yeah. And I don't think, I think that's the thing with Clavan when you think what was he 4 million yeah. quid or whatever from from Augsburg, I think he he would have played a lot more football than either he or Klopp yeah. would have thought he would have done when he brought him in, and you know, and I think he's definitely worth keeping around. But he should be a fourth choice yeah. centre back. He shouldn't be 
the one you have to it turn be the John to. O'Shea, the John O'Shea yeah. of the squad. Yeah, and you know, and, and when you think last season, you know, Lucas obviously played a lot of football in you know in that area as well. Um, you know, uncertainty whether he'll he'll still be around for next season. So they desperately need another frontline centre back. Um, who, who I, I think would probably form a first choice partnership with with Matip would be would be my my guess at this point. The, the, obviously, the the question is, <laughs> will he be called Virgil? Yeah, yeah, because I just think that's such a fascinating situation because we we are obviously it was well known, too well known that he desperately wanted to join Liverpool. Um, and Don't blame me, Doyle. The, you know he doesn't, and that situation hasn't changed. But you know, but what happens next? I mean, Liverpool have to tread so carefully with that one because they they can't be seen as the ones kind of trying to make in the running on that front. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. it's, well, it's, it's this, is this the biggest danger Liverpool have got now? Is that perception-wise, whoever if they don't get Van Dijk, everyone knows that they didn't want this fella. Who did he get? Whether it's Michael Keane, whether it's Koulibaly, whether it's someone we haven't heard of, is is that does that become almost a defeat? A forty million player can become a, a failure if you like in terms of oh well they only got him because they, they messed up Van Dijk. It, it depends who your player is, Jonesy, doesn't it? Because there's some players out there. Yeah, you could say I mean, for, for instance, <laughs> right. you could bring in I don't know either of the two young centre backs at Ajax. Oh, they're both highly regarded. Both have expensive price tags attached to them, and they're you know they're both very good, aren't they? You know if you if you were if you were to if you were to Bring in someone at really high level. I think fans move on pretty quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah. The the Virgil Van Dijk, and I've said on these pods, the whole the biggest tragedy of that whole situation was the potential that it deprives us of seeing him play in in the red shirt because he just would have looked magnificent. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> just as just as a an aesthetic specimen. Well, of, of okay. just, no, but he's wow. you know he's, he's you know he would have been he would just you know he's he's a magnificent yeah. defender and he would look magnificent in a Liverpool shirt for me. We can get we can get someone to mock. I'll mock get Mike Price to do it. I'll get my, we'll get one of our video teams to mock over something for you. No worries. Absolutely. On your desk. But um, no, I mean I just think he he, he would have been great. But if you get someone. I'm not convinced there's someone out there who would be better than yeah. Van Dijk, but I think there's someone who you can get. There's ones, there, there are players you could bring in where people would be disappointed. Michael Keane, uh, Premier League player. If, yeah. you, if, they, if they were to get another Premier League centre back who isn't Van Dijk, I he, think he's not be... particularly sexy football, is he? No. Michael Keane. For all whoever he moves to, he'll be a good addition to their team, but he's not sexy football. But your perception of players can change. I mentioned earlier that my perception of Salah has changed over the last 18 months. And your perception of players once they're in your team and either doing well or doing badly can be very... I mean, we're all excited about Mohamed Salah now. Two months in, and if you know if, if he hasn't exactly set things on fire... Um, people you know, will be setting things people, on fire. People, 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 <laughs> will be, people will be upset. And that, that is the way of football transfers. So... There's undoubtedly players out there Liverpool could target who would come with a similar level of excitement. And the other element of it is the player himself. That's, that's uh, if, if you come in, so many, lots of footballers just come in and they are about what they will bring to the club and what they will do. And, and they have the confidence in themselves not to worry that their view will be if they wanted Van Dijk ahead of me, they were wrong. And I'm going to, and I'll, I'll show them that, that, that I'm, I should have been number one on the list anyway. So um, it depends very much on the personality of the player and it will very much depend on which player um, they get if it's not to be Virgil van Dijk. 
in terms of what the Van Dyke fiasco did to Liverpool summer, it, it created. I mean, we we were here. You you were you were happy enough. You were in in your garden with your uh, your apron on barbecue. Yeah, all that. Um, but we 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 saw the fallout from. It. We saw the sheer disappointment, fume, rage, whatever you want to call it. It was all of that, to be honest. What does Salah do in terms of repairing a little bit of that and, and, and getting people back to remembering that actually Liverpool aren't in a terrible place in terms of in the Champions League and still plenty of time left to, to make things right in the summer? Yeah, I think it just gives everyone a, a massive lift, doesn't it? I think, you know, I read some, it was unbelievably, there were some ridiculous things on Twitter a few weeks ago on, in the wake of that Van Dyke. Uh, debacle, kind of where it, you know people were saying, oh, it was, you know, it was almost like Liverpool had engineered the situation because they didn't want to pay sixty million pounds. <laughs> yeah. That you know they've now, all, you know they've now they wanted saved the transfer ban. I saw someone, someone claiming <laughs> that one. That was a good one. So you know it's you know I think you know for the first big outlay of the summer is is a statement of intent. There's no getting away from that, and you know it is a a big investment as we said earlier in a player who is established, you know a top quality acquisition rather than a punt on on potential. Um, and and I think you know whether 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 this deal does break the transfer record or not, I, I don't think really matters because I think I think Andy Carroll's definitely on borrowed time if he <laughs> if he is still the, uh, the the club record holder because that will go soon because yeah. you know the 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 caliber that the Klopp is targeting for that centre back and also the centre midfielder and obviously Keiter again similar to Van Dijk you know far from straightforward in terms of trying to get that deal done because. You know, Leipzig's hands is pretty strong in terms of not not needing to sell, not wanting to sell, and the fact that UEFA have given them the green light to play in the Champions League next season. Um, but you know, both of those positions, you know, it, unless Liverpool have to significantly drop down their list of targets, I think both of those fees will, will surpass what they've ended up paying for Salah. Yeah, James James wrote a piece yesterday, Christian, about, about triggering the, the the quality over quantity um, approach to the transfer window. Do you, do you think that that will mean we'll we'll see sort of less signings in terms of four? We'll say maybe see we we'll talk about the three the three central players, the, the three pivotal players, and then maybe a left back. Or do you think we'll see the sort of kind of supplementary signings that that you'd see? I mean, I I think of you seeing someone like Tadic linked recently, and you yeah. think well, Liverpool don't seem to be shopping in that market no. at this this moment in time. But but do they need maybe a couple a right back say or a, another? Another goalie. I mean, I've made my thoughts on the final client quite clear. So well, I think has, yeah, everyone's gone really, really, really cold I, I, on the final client. I, I, I think he's got a year tops to, to impress. To be honest, I think he needs certainly to kick on this season. But by the like that, that aside, that you know you've got the final client there, but Trent's backing up. You know, and even James Milner, if, if you need this, who could possibly play right back. Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez as well. Uh, depend on how he gets on this summer. Um, I think the biggest supplementary signing you might see from Liverpool is Oxley Chamberlain, in the sense that he is somebody who ticks a couple of boxes again, versatile, plays central midfield, can play right wing. Could even doesn't tick any boxes for me. Well, I know me, me and you. I think have an argument about this every day, <laughs> but he's the sort of player who will come in, and this is where it doesn't necessarily tally up in my brain because he will be moving because he's not getting the opportunities at Arsenal, but it feels like he'd be moving to, say, Liverpool or Chelsea yeah. or Man City where he'd be sort of in the same position. He'd be uh, somebody who'd come in and could certainly do a job as an ace or a right winger, but at the same time, he's not yeah. the would main that, man. Would that be the answer to what Andy said? Though? Would, he, would Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain be 
say, arrogant enough, but confident enough to say, I'll go there, I'll go there, and they won't be able to leave me out there. You would hope so. But, you know, if he ends, and this is no disrespect to any of these clubs, if he wants to end up at a West Ham instead, being the main man, that's, you know, I think that sort of says more about him than it would about, say, Liverpool. Perception, again, I I think Oxley Chamberlain, that if that if that move came off, it it depends on what goes alongside it and where he sits in in the in the sort of cavalcade of new yeah. arrivals, if you like. Because he's if, the main signing. Yeah, if if you've got um, Salah, a new midfielder, and a new centre back, who everyone's pretty pleased with, uh, at big money potentially, as you say, in that you know above Andy Carroll level, Jonesy, then. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain coming in as a supplement to those, as someone who can play in various positions and enhances your squad, I think everyone buys into that. Yeah. I think if you make him one of those three yeah. key signings... He's the alternative to Keita, for example. Exactly, yeah. then I think people... I still, I still wouldn't sign him. I know, yeah, I know you wouldn't, but, I, but, but I'm sort of in between you and Christian, if you like, I can then see the value of Oxlade-Chamberlain. Where I can't see him is... Uh, I don't see him being good enough in any one position to say, buy him... And that that sorts out that slot yeah. for five years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, and because he's had for me enough chances at Arsenal, he has been impressive at times and unimpressive at others. Um, but certainly not enough to say that he can be your player in a certain position for a number of years yet. Uh, for all that he's still young. So if he's a supplementary to your your top your, your top lads coming in, then I, I'm all for it. But again, I think. For, for his sake, it would work much better if he was coming in on the back of yeah. some other big deals. We've just been talking about the squad size and what you've also got to remember is the under-23s. Yeah. Trent is a, is a viable, certainly in the in the, in the, the Carabao Cup, as it's now known. Very um, good. The, the Carabao Cup, I don't know how you say that, but Trent is an option, Woodburn's an option, Ajaria before he got his injury, I mean, he was coming on in Dom the Premier Solanke. League games. Dominic Solanke, of course, is, is another one. I think Kevin Sears will probably go, but, you know, Throw him out there. Get that got, twenty million bid in. <laughs> yeah, we, we're still waiting for that. Maybe if the club put out a few more uh, gifts of him scoring overhead kicks in training, <laughs> they might uh, attract some attention. Lucas, we don't know what's happening with Lucas at yeah. the moment. So Shea there's Ojo. Ojo, of course, Wilson, Kent. Yeah. Well, we know that some of those will probably go off on loan, but we they, they will be primarily those will make up Lucas' side, make up the under twenty three core of players. But they, they can also be selected from, and, and I feel that we'll definitely see them in the cup competitions. And if there is an almighty injury crisis, I think Klopp has shown already he's got enough enough um, you know balls to use a Joe Rimmer phrase to, to to go for that. He's he's got the cojones to to go for that, and we we hope it doesn't turn out like that again because we all know what happens once we got to January last season. But at the same time. It's done once. It didn't exactly go disastrously. You know, the likes of what Bernstein came on really well for that. So I think that is far more preferable than spending your four millions here yeah. and your five millions there. I think yeah. if you're yeah. going to get a supplementary, on an Aspat or an exactly, yeah. your supplementary yeah. is going to be a 15, 20 million pound player. Oxley Chamberlain still qualifies, I think, for the under 23s. So could be an option. Could be an option there for uh, Expensive. What about left back, James? Uh, that was sort of one that we, we sort of all take took as red, but he was going to be targeted. It's gone a bit quiet since the, the Sessignon links died down. Do you still expect Liverpool to A, sign a left back and B, sell one in terms of Alberto Moreno? Yeah, I, I think they definitely will. Simon, I think Moreno is nailed on to go. I think that was pretty clear towards the back end of last season. 
Um, you know, it's, it's interesting the fact that Liverpool have rejected that £11 million yeah. bid from, from Napoli. Um, I'm, I, can't, I was absolutely amazed, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, you, the, you, um, you tried to grab the phone, didn't you, when they were, they the, were letting um, Napoli know? I, 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 I thought, I thought I, when, because I got told towards the back end of last season that Liverpool wanted to get back what they, what they paid Sevilla for him. And just laughed really. I just thought, oh, yeah. never, never well, we, we did a, we did a show, didn't we, where we uh, did the auction show, and I think it was agreed that Liverpool will probably be end up loaning them. Well, no, it was agreed by you. Yeah. Uh, I I thought we'd get back what we paid for him. And oh, Ian, here he and goes. No, no, Ian Doyle put opened <laughs> the bid in at twenty million, and we all laughed. Yeah. Jonesy said no one will have him. We'll have to go on loan. And I said no, I think we can get back. I think ten to twelve. But we did decide in the end that he would end up getting loaned. Jonesy's yeah. argument won the day. But clearly, people are prepared to pay yeah. money for him. I'm, I'm amazed. Um, I'm amazed. Given given hey, the amount of football he's played and the standard of football that he's played as well, I, I, I'm amazed that. You'll get get players. Fifth, well, 50, yeah, fifteen yeah. million 15 is the million price tag, and I think the fact that Liverpool have had so much interest in him, that's why they've rejected yeah. that offer from Napoli because you know there was talk of the Milan clubs inquired, yeah. two Premier League clubs have inquired. Yeah, and you just think, what, what were they watching last season? But the, well, it, it must have been Crystal Palace. He had a good game against Palace. There's, but there's down, two down things there. though here at play. Number one, do we do we think this is about perception, perhaps, in the sense that just because we've got a lot of money and we're going to spend it. You're not getting our players on the cheap. We will be setting a price here. It, 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 for me, it's timing, Christian. It's sort of linked to the perception of it, but I think Liverpool don't want to agree to sell Alberto Moreno until they've done a deal for a left-back. Yeah, yeah. Because you sell Moreno, and everyone you go to to try and sign your left-back goes, oh, short of a left-back, are we lads? Could do with one. Think, and that puts that puts, um, um, that, that puts Liverpool in a bad situation. Liverpool want to go into a situation to buy their left-back where they've got James Milner, they've got Alberto Moreno, and if and to give the perception, as Christian says, to that that selling club that there's the chance we could walk away from this deal if we don't get the deal we want. Yeah. And 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 that, and that so it's the timing of this. I think if Liverpool had a left back in the bag right now, and Napoli return in a month with 11 million. Um, you know, it won't be the eleven million. There'll be a hand attached to it because it'll have been bitten off. <laughs> I think the interesting thing is, is what caliber of left back they are going to bring in because yeah. we talked earlier on about making a leap from you know kind of Brandt to, to yeah. Salah. Well, there was no doubt towards the end of the season that Cessignon was the one, and you know, and obviously with, with Tottenham's interest, that 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 one bit the dust. But you know, so you were t- the, the talk then was that you'd bring in a seventeen-year-old kid to you know as Milner's understudy, basically. Um, which, which, to be honest, I didn't like that idea. I, I like Cessignon, but I didn't like the idea yeah. that you continue with Milner as your your first choice left back. Um, so you, it, I think the interesting thing is whether whether there will be a reassessment on that. Um, there's obviously Talk and Mendy, but you know I think he Manchester City bound. Um, Andy Robertson's been linked. Robertson, yeah, Tierney. yeah. So I mean, you know, Robertson was someone they definitely have looked at regularly, but. You know, again, going back a few weeks now, I was told he was, you know, pretty far down the, the pecking order in t- in terms of the, the list. So, I think yeah, I think that'll be that'll be interesting. I think it's just interesting in general that he, a left back isn't classed as a priority by Liverpool. You know, it's yeah. not. You know, we talk about the wide man, the centre back, the centre midfielder. Those are undoubtedly the three big areas, and you know, which which I think will divide supporters because I think a lot of supporters would say, well, hang on a minute. To, no, I actually think that a left back is just as important as any any of those other ones. I mean, Miller, had, we should say, had a very good season there, yeah. so you can understand why there's a little element of comfort, perhaps, in Klopp's thinking that he's still there. Also, I think um, to come back to Christian's word again, perception. To me, 
the thought of Milner playing that left side with Mane in front of him is a more dynamic proposition than him and Coutinho just because Mane opens up the outside with his pace and that gives the element far more space for Milner to potentially operate by cutting inside whereas with Milner and Coutinho on the same side you had two players who both wanted to come inside the whole side so the balance of that side if Milner is the left back on opening day at Watford uh, in August is is still improved um, by the whole situation. Yet another knock-on positive from Salah signing. Yeah. I think also, sorry, just add quickly, in terms of uh, Moreno's £15 million price tag, I mean, Liverpool won £30 million for Mamadou Sacco, they won yeah. £20 million for Lazar Markovic, by, by all accounts. Yeah. £15 million is, in Liverpool's eyes isn't a lot, so I think that sort of contextualises where Moreno sits yeah. in there thinking. It's also a danger as well. I mean, fans... James James has articulated himself, but the fans are sort of on that that thing of bite their hands off and take it and run. But are we are we are we guilty of just just thinking that that's the way you do business? That's because you don't like a player, so you just you just get them out the door as quickly as you can. You know, in terms of whereas they they want they want people to pay for 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 a player they want. You know, but they want people to just just cast off, and you don't really do that. You, do we undervalue maybe some players because that you know. Much as I don't rate Moreno particularly, I, 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 I don't understand where 15 million valuation potentially comes from when you can consider what you can also get. But he is a Spanish international, he is a Premier League footballer, he is 24. He's meant to be a hard trainer. For Liverpool. meant to be a really, really hard Never trainer. Never injured. Very, very durable. He is very good close friends with Firmino, Coutinho, and obviously you yeah. can't keep him But at the same time, He's obviously he's not a, he's not a toxic uh, influence yeah. on the dressing room. Say you know it might be a bit of a strong word toxic, but you look at someone like Sacco, where they'll be you know they were happy to send him out on loan because he's he's yeah. not that sort of uh, player in that sense. I just wrong club, wrong time for Moreno. I think he could easily go back to to Spain or he could end up in in Italy, and you might see him end up getting linked with Real or Barca in a couple of years time. I, I, I mean. I don't think he'd ever be good enough in that sense, but I think certain players work at certain clubs, and I just don't think the English game is suited to Alberto Moreno. But I think Liverpool recognise that in the sense that, well, okay, it might be might be the right player for this club, but he's certainly the right player elsewhere, and we're going to make that that team pay as much money as possible for him. Yeah. I think I think when if if clubs and we've seen Roma drive a hard bargain with Salah, um, you know Liverpool have to be equally sort of. Um, efficient at how they do their business the other way and for all that Moreno is probably very few people's favourite Liverpool player um, I think you're right Jonesy in, in the sort of tone of your question that I think he probably is a better player than most give him credit for uh, in terms of his level and um, you know would be valuable to, to some other clubs and um, they're, they're probably right to, to if there are several people interested in him to to, to knock off, you know, knock down the first bid because um, let's see what everybody else has got to say. Yeah, it, I mean, he won't be the only one leaving James this summer. There's, there's, I mean, there's ten players coming back off loan. I think at least a dozen players, um, in fact, and then others as well around the squad. I mean, that, what do you think the clear out will be like? I think it was a record-breaking summer last year it for was sales. Th- Thirteen, I think. Wasn't yeah, it, it's a lot. It was. A, I think it was a joint most in, yeah. a, in a summer. Do you think we'll be at that sort of level again this this summer with the, with the likes? Uh, Christy mentioned a couple of Markovic, Sacco, Moreno. We've just talked about. Yeah, I think it's it's probably not going to be far off, is it? When you think of all these players coming back from the loans, I mean, 
someone we haven't spoken about, John Flanagan. John you know, Flanagan, what, what yeah. you know, be interesting to see what happens with him. A lot of uncertainty. Obviously, the idea last summer was he goes away, you know, gets a, a full season of Premier League football under his belt. That didn't happen. Yeah. You know, at, at Burnley, um, very lim- limited opportunities to play there. So you know, and obviously while he was away, the, the rise of Trent Alexander-Arnold. You know, you you don't. It's difficult to see a way back for for Flanagan at, at Liverpool at the moment. You know. Cameron Brannigan, another yeah. one. You know, do Liverpool give him another year, or do or do you decide to to, to sell him on? You know, Chirivello was away. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of players in that kind of in that category where you're thinking, you know, yeah, you need a bigger squad, but you don't just want to stockpile players, especially you know as we spoke earlier on with such a talented academy team. You know, you want to have that pathway through into the first team, and you don't want it blocked with with players that that you're not sure about. I mean, obviously, you know, Sacco is nailed on to. To leave, whether Liverpool get the thirty million for him, time will tell. Markovic, another one, you know, a hundred percent it will go. It's just a question of, you know, how long are Liverpool prepared to wait, in the hope that they get the biggest, the big, the best price for him. Um, you know, obviously wisdom is is, yeah, is already gone. gone. I mean, storage is another. You know, I think that's a really interesting one where you know that hasn't that's been very quiet since the end of the season. I mean, it was, you know, it, it probably if you'd asked me at the end of the season, I'd have said probably eighty percent. Likely, I thought he'd probably go. Maybe now, not not quite so sure. Just just because you know it, there hasn't really been. Yeah. And where? Yeah, and and yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's the thing. And where and and how much is you know you just think yeah you know a bid could arrive that that suits everyone, but you know it's it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he stays put. And then also you couple that with the fact that you know Liverpool as it stands aren't in the market for yeah. you know a top class striker. Um, which you know you'd have thought they they would be if they were preparing for Sturridge's exit. Yeah, um, just just close on this really. I mean, we've done podcasts recently where I think the tone has been quite negative or, or or disappointed or downbeat with with what's happened in terms of transfers. Are we are we are we over that now? Are we are we sort of into a into a, a looking up a looking up stage again? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm certainly glad, Jones, that they've got one on the board, so to speak. It gives yeah. you it's it's like it's Royal Ascot week this week, as anyone who's been in the office with. But and it, there's all, you you hear the same thing from jockeys and trainers every yeah. time. I'm just pleased to get the first one on the board, and for me, um, I'm just pleased Liverpool have got have got. I know Dom Slanky was was came before, but you know, in terms of actual first team um, players straight away, there's. There's a, a, a massively um, sort of uh, you know good addition to the team at, at first team level for for me and you, you know you, there's no guarantees on any transfer but it feels like he addresses a need he's a really good player in really good form and he's relatively young and in his prime what's not to like at the moment still hanging in the background is that year at Chelsea where he struggled. But hopefully he'll be a player who's got something feels he's got something to prove to the Premier League, and that that could be uh, that that could be sort of uh, to Liverpool's considerable benefit. So uh, I'm pretty positive, but it's it's the start. It's the start. Yeah. It has to be built on, doesn't it? Yeah, massive for the net spend. <laughs> Don't let him start. Yeah, no, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, he'll be on expected goals next as well. Yeah, yeah well. Thanks very much, guys. We'll, uh, we'll we'll draw a line under it there. Hopefully, we'll come out of this uh, this bunker and we'll we'll find out that Mohamed Salah has done the Melwood lean and he's already signed. He's got the number nine shirt as well. Hopefully, and we'll uh, we'll be able to talk more about that in the future. 
thanks thanks for listening thanks for uh, thanks for your time lads and we'll leave it there join us next week when we'll have more from the blood red podcast